expert in anything was once a beginner. Think about that. How far along are you in your poultry homestead? Doesn't matter, does it? You're learning every day. Welcome to the Poultry Homestead Podcast. This is Ziggy, your host. Nice to hear from you. Thanks for tuning in. Man, my podcast and my Instagram are blowing up all because of you good folks. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being my Insta buddy, if that's what you call it. Anyway, got a lot of stuff done on the homestead this weekend. My heavens. All those uh, seeds that I started a week ago, this weekend, there's a few of them that started popping up, and by golly, I got some tomatoes that showed some green above the dirt. I've got cabbage and Brussels sprouts and watermelon. Not all of the seeds have shown to be above the dirt, but uh, good news on the way. Uh, I've talked to a few of my buddies that are saying, yeah, you might need to move them to a larger container here shortly. I'm fine with that. I'll figure something out. I've got so much dirt and ice cream pails and stuff, and I've got beer boxes if need be, so... We're, we're looking good. We're looking good. There's nothing to... I have no shame in uh, what I'm doing. So anyway, yeah, we're looking at that. Our uh, chickens are on the egg-laying train now. We're getting, uh, with 11 birds, all hens, we're getting uh, six to seven eggs a day, uh, all kinds of colors. So we're looking good there. The quail situation is probably our most exciting situation. Those of you on Instagram have seen what we've done. Uh, We finally took the quail out of the brooder. They were in there for three whole weeks. And now we've got them moved to a pen. And they're all on the top level of that pen. They'll be there for another three weeks till I separate the ones I will be butchering, which will all be males but I will keep a breedable amount of males in the top layer. I'm having a little bit of a time, I'm I'm being able to kind of start sexing them because the males have a cream colored chest and the females have a very speckled chest. So uh, they're starting to kind of show their true color in that department. Couldn't be happier, just plain couldn't be happier. They they took very well to the move. Coming out of the brooder, what I did is uh, about a day, maybe two days before I uh, moved them, I took their lamp and I put it a good ways above there. I mean, these these things are starting to fly, you know? So I did not have a cage on the top of the brooder. I probably will do that in the future. But anyway, uh, what I did is I, I took the lamp and I took it as high as I could without anybody f- flying out. And then I took some some uh, some items and laid them across the top of it so they would not fly out, which is always good news. 
and uh, so that way they would kind of get their feathers would fill in a little bit more and they'd ruffle, ruffle their feathers a little bit more. And then last night we moved them out there, it was about almost 60 degrees, well 55 degrees. And then uh, we got them in there and to last night it got right down to 32, there was a frost. But they were also in the barn so they did not get the hard frost and uh, being in that barn they, they were looking pretty darn good. So we were happy about that this morning, they were happy as could be. Uh, and one thing that was really weird to them, I'm sure, and, and actually probably really good for their body, is that um, instead of having that light on all night, they actually got to see what darkness was. Thank heavens. You know, being in that brooder with the heat lamp on you all the time, you know, you don't know if it's day or night. It's just a matter of light all the time. You eat when you want, you sleep when you want, you just do whatever you do when you want. And it was really neat because, you know, every morning we would wake up and we'd have to fill the water and the feed was halfway down. Well, this morning, you know, right before dark last night is when we put them in there. And I got in there this morning, they had drank no water and they had not touched their feet, which rightfully so, they're roosting, it's nighttime, you know? So that's really nice to see the quail get into their natural cycle of events and I uh, couldn't be happier about that, you know, let, letting it get natural now. So uh, we're happy about that. But anyway, today I wanted to talk about predators. Oh boy, predators, uh, everybody, some people uh, are a little bit more responsible than others. Um, usually if you have a properly built chicken coop, um, and, and by properly I mean that something that can be locked and predators cannot get in it. You know, whether it be little holes or eaves or whatever. Uh, there are many predators for chickens and or their eggs, for instance. Uh, there was a gentleman who I was watching his YouTube video the other day about quail and he had a rat snake, which is a pet that they had. It was about a five footer, a black snake. Uh, forgive me if I do not. But uh, he had a pet snake in the yard and it, it got rid of the rats and the mice and, and all those things, which is nice to be rid of your rodents. But uh, once in a while the rat snake would get eggs and he didn't seem to mind. Well, he thought, well, you know, if they need an egg or two, no big deal, he keeps rid of the rats and mice. And uh, I myself, um, I think if I would have saw that rat snake, uh, I would have gotten out my AK-47 triple barrel double radar laser heat seeking shotgun and I would have put him to a miserable death, but that's because I am uh, afraid of snakes and that's a me thing, but you, however, may enjoy having those snakes and uh, them keeping the rats and mice out of your property, which is, all I'm going to say is, good for you. But predators that we run into in the North Country here in Minnesota uh, mostly are aerial. Uh, you know, we run into chicken hawks, of course, which is a red-tailed hawk. We have bald eagles, 
We have uh, plenty of falcons. Um, we have rats, mink, raccoons, skunks, possums. Um, not necessarily all those kill your chickens. The mink probably being the worst of all of them. Uh, they'll clean out a whole coop within a matter of a couple weeks and you can't really figure out how they're getting in and sometimes they actually uh, set up shop in the coop somewhere where you cannot find them and they'll just sleep there and then at night they'll come out and kill all of them as they're roosting and not eat them. They'll just kill them. Uh, so that's, that's kind of a disturbing thing. Uh, try to keep it uh, pretty tight so their chicken coop still breeds at night, but it does not let any of those in. Rats will, oh geez, you know what I mean? They, they're just more after the food than anything, but uh, they'll chew right through the side of a chicken coop and get in, you know, if you give them time, you know, I mean, if you're not inspecting it as much every day. Uh, the raccoons, they're on both ends of it. I mean, they, they can definitely kill a chicken, uh, but they really like eggs. Everybody likes their eggs. Uh, I guess, that's one thing to deter predators from getting your chickens is actually leave a couple eggs in there. I don't know if that would work or not. But uh, snakes like the eggs um, and these aerial predators, there is ways of hanging fishing line and uh, string and stuff in your uh, pens so that they, they see that and they don't, they don't want to swoop in there. It's just a little too tight and they think that they're going to get hung by it. Uh, also, like the, the atypical chicken coop that's a couple feet off of the ground is a good way to um, have a place for the chickens to go under it and get under that coop and that way their aerial predators don't get them. But, however, they might be able to dive bomb under that coop. So I'm not quite sure about that. Uh, I have seen people put pallets up on boards inside of uh, their chicken runs and pens and whatnot. If they're free range, I mean, I don't know where the chickens always go. I mean, they'll find something, of course, but, uh, you know, that's, that's how you keep the aerial predators at bay. Sometimes you can put nets up that go up in the air, kind of like in a pheasant run, you know, so that the birds do not fly out of it. Also, birds do not fly into it. So there is also that as well. Um, other predators, I don't know, humans can be a predator. I mean, you know, just idiots. They can be predators. But as far as the eggs go and stuff like that, your biggest thing is snakes, raccoons, uh, skunks, possums. Uh, if you get a skunk in the chicken coop, forgive me if I don't walk in there. I don't see it worth going in there to get the skunk out. Don't really feel like a good spray down today. You know, whatever. Anyway, that's about what I got on the predator thing. Just uh, uh, another really important thing is that many of you uh, may not be used to this idea, but when you get your chicks out of the brooder and you get them in their chicken coop area, a really smart thing to do is every morning open the door and every night when they roost, shut the door. Because a lot of this happens at night. Uh, if you can have a, a good coop built, 
and all that, that's a good way to just solve all your problems. We have literally gone years without losing chickens to any predators whatsoever. We do have mink in our, uh, in our area. Uh, we have plenty of aerial predators and we do have a rat that visits the coop, but the rat goes after the food more than he goes after the chickens. So we are lucky in that respect. Um, I don't know how a chicken would do with that. You know, um, anything that can chew through wood like that could definitely uh, chew through a chicken, I would think. But uh, anyway, talking about that, you know, just just keep your I's dotted and your T's crossed in those departments, and you should be good at keeping predators at bay. Um, yeah. Anyway. Thanks for listening today. If you do want to connect, uh, feel free to connect. Uh, Ziggy underscore 519 yahoo.com. Otherwise, look me up on Instagram. I would love to connect with you. I like seeing your pictures of your flocks. Man, we have a lot of people with pets. We have a lot of people with very productive farms. All of the above. Any kind of poultry whatsoever. Uh, lately, there's been a few pigeon people uh, contacting me and and uh, asking me to be their insta buddy i would certainly appreciate to learn a lot more about pigeons that's that's kind of a neat neat deal there um if anybody wants to be on the podcast and be interviewed i would love to do that i would be very happy to connect with you in in those respects and uh, pick your brain a little bit and you could teach the good listeners of this podcast about uh any any of these subjects you know whether it be chickens quail ducks geese turkeys pigeons the list goes on um but we'd love to have you thanks for listening today didn't have too much comic relief on this episode but you know getting your predators out of the way is kind of a good deal and uh i appreciate you listening we're gonna have a good week this week let me tell you things are on the mend whether it's warming up we're good to go. Uh, tomorrow I will be talking about the shortage of your chicks and why you may not find what you want and ways to get around that. Anyway, have a good one. Yeah.